how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. This episode is brought to you by IronJohnGear.com. In between your creative pursuits, make sure to check out Iron John Gear for top apparel, footwear, fitness items, outdoor supplies, sports gear, and much more. Visit the website for top deals on things like lanterns, backpacks, tents, snow clothing, bomber hats, sunglasses, fishing gear, and more. Visit ironjohngear.com today and save money on your next adventure. In addition to Iron John Gear, make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. Chef Vivian Howard started working in restaurant kitchens because she was interested in food writing. Her first cookbook, Deep Run Roots, is the culmination of that pursuit. Her book has won the Cookbook of the Year Award as well as the Julia Child First Book Award. In addition, she is the Peabody Award winning co-creator of the PBS series A Chef's Life. In this interview, she tells us about the foods that define her, the recipe that made her feel like a professional, the unusual tools and ingredients that she must have in her kitchen, and all about her new restaurant in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, well, I never really set out to be a chef. I started working in kitchens as a means to hopefully turn that experience into a career as a food writer. And then I just kind of kept cooking and, and realized that I really enjoyed it and felt like I was good at it. And I loved um the feeling of being on a team and the camaraderie uh, that comes with that. So that's kind of how I got into it. You said you wanted to be a food writer. Were you writing uh, before you got into cooking? Yeah, I was um, an English major in college and um, wanted to be a journalist. I interned at CBS Sunday Morning in college. Um, and then when I got out of school, I got a job as uh, in advertising. Um, so I, I had always kind of, um, written both in school and, uh, personally, but not, um, it was never like my job, I guess. For those, um, listening, not familiar with your work, if you had to create like a multi-course dish that kind of defined your style or your beliefs about the kitchen, what might that consist of? Well, I like to kind of connect uh, people to the place that I come from. So I um, generally 
uh, apply kind of modern or chef-y technique to very humble dishes. So maybe for my appetizer, I would have like a warm um, lima bean uh, spread with like a spicy tomato relish. And the lima beans kind of represent this dish that I grew up uh, having at a friend of mine's house. Uh, they had a wood-burning stove, and they would put dried lima beans in a pot, put it on the stove um, that heated the house in the morning, and it would, like, slowly cook with some cured pork, and the lima beans would get so creamy. They were really more like a dip than they were beans. And so I make a version of that, um, but instead of pork, I use Parmesan rinds, so it's vegetarian-friendly. Uh, and then maybe entree, I would do uh, tom thumb, which is a type of sausage that is a it's a celebration sausage in our culture, and it's a relic from the hog killing tradition um, in eastern North Carolina, where families would come together uh, in late fall um, or early winter and slaughter hogs and put up or preserve many of the parts for the winter. And there was always, um, a lot of that went into making sausage. And families would make one sausage from the pig's appendix. And that would hang in the smokehouse until New Year's. And then on New Year's, they would boil the sausage, which ends up being about a three-pound sausage. Um, they'd boil it and then slice it and use the broth left over from boiling it to cook greens or something. Uh, and then they'd pan fry the slices and display them out around the greens. And that would be our, like, good luck meal. Uh, so I would do, like, Tom Thumb with some greens and maybe a rutabaga relish. Um, and then for dessert, uh, maybe, like, warm banana pudding, because that's the dessert that uh, my, reminds me of my mother. Uh, she loved banana pudding, and she would make a big banana pudding as a kid and bake it, and then right after it came out of the oven and immediately serve herself a small portion and then jiggle the whole banana pudding to a place where you couldn't tell she had taken um, a serving out. So uh, I grew up appreciating warm banana pudding, and I don't think many people eat it that way. So I like to share that with them because it's, it's superior to cold banana pudding. Um, so I've worked with a, a few chefs as a ghostwriter, and, and some believe a homemade demi-glace or the proper knowledge of food acidity kind of is the difference between an amateur and a professional. Was there any single moment in your career or any skill set master where you suddenly felt like you were at a different level or a new level? Uh, yeah, I think when I stopped, um, when I was able to kind of cook with a singular um voice, you know, like make food that uh, only I was making and that um, was something that uh, came from a very personal place. Uh, so I would say that probably my breakthrough moment was this blueberry barbecue chicken, reminiscent of Eastern North Carolina style barbecue chicken that's done with a very bracing vinegar sauce. But I made uh, blueberry vinegar and made it a little more balanced. And, um, and, and so I'd say when I started uh, cooking with my own voice. 
So in your new book, Deep Run Roots, um, two examples that come to mind. You mentioned using a secondary coffee grinder for your spices, and you also mentioned the importance of having uh, different types of olives oils in your kitchen. Um, what are some of the other musts in your kitchen? Um, well, I am a big advocate for diamond crystals kosher salt. You can find it in most grocery stores now, but if I go somewhere and that salt's not available, it really messes up my uh, my groove. Um, <clears throat> I'm a uh, I use a microplane uh, probably far far more than the average cook. Um, I'm a huge advocate for citrus zest of all kinds. I think it can add a ton of brightness and um, floral uh, aromas that uh, really, really heighten heighten the experience of eating anything that already has citrus in it. Um, I Let me see. I mentioned Parmesan rinds uh, for my lima bean dish. I always tell people to if they're going to use something like Parmesan cheese or Pecorino Romano or really cheese of any kind to make sure that they they grate it themselves because um, cheese that's already been grated is typically uh, less flavorful. It's been coated with some kind of cornstarch uh, compound to keep it from sticking. So, um, And then, you know, if you're using something like Parmesan and grating yourself, then you have this byproduct from that, which is the rind, that's a great way to, to flavor broth. So I'd say those are a few other things that are my kind of pillars of, of my kitchen. So we may have already covered some of this, but when you sit down to write your book, it's not in the typical fashion of other cookbooks, you know, where they might start with, here's appetizer, here's desserts, here's meals. You kind of have some different sections. How did you go about choosing those sections for your book? Um, well, you know, the same way that our show is uh, distinct um, in that every episode is about an ingredient, I I did not want to write a book that was about entrees, appetizers, desserts. I'm not even sure people eat that way at home very much. But I do know that a lot of people will go to the farmer's market or they'll get a CSA box and They've got, they're faced with, you know, some beautiful turnips, but they don't really know what to do with those turnips. And I was intrigued by the idea of a cookbook where you could turn to a chapter, let's say turnips, and find um, a recipe that kind of speaks to every skill level in the kitchen, as well as just about every part of the meal. I don't have a turnip dessert, but there's a turnip salad and a turnip soup and a, a turnip entree. And so you can find within that chapter, um, whatever it is you want to make with that particular ingredient. Over the years, have any of your beliefs, behaviors, or habits changed in the kitchen uh, for the betterment? And can you describe those? Uh, well, my, yeah, I mean, we're always learning and I, I have a, a, still have a ton to learn. Um, you know, I, I try to make sure that one of my big things is, is working clean and keeping your station clean and keeping your cutting board clean. And so that's something I'm constantly trying to improve on. Um, I'm a big advocate for knife work and proper knife work. And so I'm always kind of trying to work on that. Um, and, you know, right now 
I am really interested in a more helpful style of cooking, um, you know, really thinking about ways to pack nutrition into what it is uh, I'm making. And so, you know, I'd say that is probably a new focus and something that I'm, I'm working toward. So my next question, I was going to ask you what advice you might give a uh, cook about the end of the business, but I'm going to extend that to maybe a food blogger as well. What advice should they look for? And then what advice should they ignore? Like what's some bad advice they might hear as they get started? For the cook, you know, it's really about cooking. Um, when I, when I moved back home and Ben and I opened the restaurant, you know, I spent all of my extra time at home cooking. I, I hear a lot of cooks that say that they only cook at work and they go home and they eat Chef Boyardee SpaghettiOs. Um, you know, if you're only cooking at work, um, you're only learning one, one style of cooking. So I would say uh, jump into cookbooks, cook on your days off, um, make, it, make it your life. Uh, and although food media is, is huge and we have, as a culture, kind of embraced this idea of the celebrity chef, it's really not about that. And anyone who gets into cooking as a means to find fame, I think, is misguided. Uh, so I would say that's something that they should definitely keep in mind, that if you're doing it uh, for any other reason than you love to cook, um, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Same thing with food blogging. Um, if you're doing it to to go out and get free meals and 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 rub elbows with the luminaries of the food world, you're not really doing it for the right reasons. If you're doing it because you love food and you love writing about food and um, you love connecting people to food and their food source, then 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 you're doing it for the right reasons. And I would just say to always. Keep in mind why you're doing so. Um, if you're ever feeling overwhelmed or unfocused or possibly uncreative in the kitchen, what do you do to kind of get yourself back into that creative mode? Just start cooking. Even if it's a recipe that we have on the menu that um, we've done a million times, I find that the, the muscle memory act of cooking is something that allows my mind to kind of free itself up. Um, and when I'm working with an ingredient, uh, my, my mind goes to other ways that I can work with that ingredient. So, um, I find that exercising also like, uh, kind of mindless exercise, like on a elliptical or a treadmill is a great way to clear your mind. And, and I'll often start like that particular process with a goal in mind of what I'm going to think about during that 30 minutes or whatever. Um, but something that I, I try to do something that I have a certain amount of muscle memory for, whether it be cooking or, you know, just running on the elliptical so that it frees my mind up to think about, um, to think about new ideas. And finally, is there anything else you'd like to share about the book that that's out now in, in stores and then also your new restaurant you just opened in Wilmington, North Carolina? Yeah, we just opened uh, a restaurant in Wilmington called Benny's Big Time, and it's a wood-fired pizza restaurant with um, 
with a pasta section to the menu and a fried section to the menu, salads and antipasti. And I'm really excited about it. It's super cool. It's, uh, it feels warm and inviting in there. The food is delicious. Um, I wish it were not an hour and a half from my house, but, uh, that, but that's the only drawback so far. Do you have a favorite menu item if someone's going maybe in the next few weeks? Um, well, everyone is loving the garlic knots. They're kind of non-traditional. They're, they look like a yeast roll or a cinnamon roll, but instead of um, where you'd find all the cinnamon sugar butter stuff, you find like a roasted garlic butter. So it's all folded up in there, and then it sits on top of this Parmesan fonduta with a tomato marmalade, and it's, it's just like everything you want. Um, I love the broccoli rabe or the rapini with um, pepperoni sauce. It's a vegetable antipasti, and it's just, I love the bracing bitterness of broccoli rabe. Um, and the most, the, the pizza that everyone is loving is the Kevin McAllister, and it's a take on a cheese pizza, but it's got like a funky cheese that's a type of telegio on it, and then we make a spicy. Uh, Calabrian chili honey that we drizzle on top of that. So those are three not-to-miss items. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook, How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.